Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome, fans of the St. Louis Blues, the Blue Note Podcast. I guess it's not really a real episode, but we're going to upload it as one. But uh, as of right now, as of this very moment, we have the NHL draft going on. The uh, Minnesota Wild just picked at number 19 as we speak. Ethan Carter, Mike Meyer here with you. Uh, Believe Network, and uh, we're on Twitter here now. This will be uploaded on the Believe Network on our on our page after we're done here. This is about interacting with the fans. This is about seeing what the Blues do with the 23rd pick. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of speculation all day about what could happen with the pick, whether they trade it, whether they get a higher pick uh, for Tarasenko. That is not going to happen, obviously, at this point. Uh, but I guess we'll just throw it over to you first. I mean, where do you stand right now as, as the Blues are three picks away? I think they're going to be selecting. I don't think there's going to really be any sort of movement here. There's still plenty of different people for the Blues to be able to select that, especially that you and I here went over. But um, as far as a potential Tarasenko trade, I don't see it happening here within this first round. If it's going to happen here, like it's been speculated, I think it could be um, tomorrow here during rounds two through seven. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit worried about us, us going live here and then, uh, and then the um, the Blues trading out. But uh, thank you, everybody, joining. Oh, right man. now on Twitter, we have 52 viewers right now. Um, somebody must have retweeted if we got those numbers. So the comments, <laughs> the comments are not showing up on here, so I'm just going to pull up the comments up on my phone. So you want to make any comments? Uh, we got one here from at ZTwin78. says the Blues need to draft Lambert. That's Brad Lambert, Finnish centerman who was looked at as kind of possible number two, number one pick mm-hmm. about a year ago. Uh, he's the number two player on Megan Cheka's best player available on ESPN right now. So right. I I don't hate that idea um, if he's there, of course, because you still have Washington, Pittsburgh, and Anaheim in front of them. I don't know about the value there. I mean, he does seem like a boomer bust. I think there's obviously a lot of talent there with the way that people viewed him last season, but – I'm not 100% sure that he's going to be the guy that Blues take. I feel like they're going to go with a bit of a safer pick. I, I, I'm very much leaning defenseman right now. Like, Yeah. yeah. I, I, be, I, but... still, I still think that they could end up going. And, and first of all, I don't think that Lambert's going to be available at that pick. I mean, I would be surprised if he would be available at that pick. But I still think the Blues are going to lean a little bit more towards a guy here like um, Pickering. He's, he's been heavily, heavily linked here to the Blues. Um, I don't believe that there's anything concrete here surrounding that. I mean, you just – you never know. I mean, shoot, Shane Wright dropped four spots. Yeah. So you, you just – you never know here at this point. Um, he's still listed – Pickering is still listed at number seven here on Megan's Best Available, um, if that's what we're going to choose for the go here off of. Um, for those wondering, I do have a screen that's down here. So I'm just trying to be able to keep my eye here, like on the draft here in itself. But um, I don't know. I could also see the Blues just going forward here as well. I mean, there's still plenty of different guys that are going to be available here at this point. Um, Philip Messar, I think, could be interesting. Um, Miro Shininkin, you know, 
Ivan, we're gonna just gonna call him Ivan because I'm just gonna butcher his name every single time. Um, I really think that he could be um, a potential good spot here for the Blues here as well. But you know, we'll see. Capitals are selecting here right now, so I'll be interested to see where they end up going here at this point. Uh, coach at Coach T Shield says trade out. Oh. They just took your guy. Yep, there's there goes Ivan. I believe he's. Sense. I believe he has some sort of health condition or issue that probably made him not go as high as he was going to go. Um, Hodgkin's lymphoma diagnosis in March. So I think oh, that probably affected his, yeah. his stock. Yeah. But this this pick makes a lot of sense. I'm very not surprised that the Capitals made this pick. No, Capitals are a huge Russian friendly team. And you don't want to say that they're just making this pick here simply just because of the Russian connection, but the shoe fits here as well. You know, I mean, let's, let's be real here at this point. So, I mean, it's, it's just a great story here for them. And as people are saying here on Twitter right now, you know, he just screams Washington Capitals. You know, yeah. I, I think it's just, a, it's a great pick here for them. Um, do you want to talk here really fast? Uh, you know, it's, Come up to be picked 21 here in just a second, but um, there's been some traction and a lot of interaction here with uh, especially the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, one thing that the Blackhawks kind of did like the the very low thing, which was the DeBrinket trade, like that. Yeah, they didn't get enough there. Like, I don't think no. you could justify that. No, no, no. Um, that's a 24 year old who has two 40 goal seasons. Yeah, I don't care and if it, he's playing with Patrick Kane or not; he's a stud. And it was super short-sighted here of them. I mean, they have they had two picks, two options here, rather. Uh, poor timing to be able to say the word picks. So you could go short-term and choose to move a guy here like Dabrinkit and choose to gather as many young assets here as possible and to start accelerating the rebuild. So in that sense, I mean, it makes it makes a lot of sense for them to be able to do it that route. But on the other end, like you just said, you know, you have a guy who is a two-time 40 goal scorer who's young. Why would you not want to try and be able to build around him? So I don't know. You're, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't here if you're Chicago. And, I mean, they chose people to go with the former and just try to get the accelerated rebuild going here. Um, Chicago really, really needs to be able to get some good, good press here going for them. And so by moving out a couple of different players to allow them – um, again, to be able to start the accelerated rebuild, I don't know. It's not a bad option, but it's not a great option, especially in that return that they got for to bring it. If I'm going to defend them in any way, which I don't really want to, but if I'm going to defend them, I think number one, I think teams that were trading for him are scared of the $9 million qualifying offer next summer. I think mm -hmm. that's a scary thing for a lot of teams. And then I also think that uh, teams weren't like teams like Philadelphia weren't willing to move number five and other assets to get them. I think also if you're Chicago, I know you're getting players tonight, but I think getting a more established prospect or a prospect who's closer to being ready would have been the right move in that regard. But I also think here's the other thing with, with Kyle Davidson and what they're doing in Chicago. Make no mistake. They are trying to be the worst team in the league so they can get Connor Bedard at next year's draft. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent positive of that. And I will say, the Kirby Doc trade was very good. I think that's a very good trade for them because you're going to get the 13th pick. They took Frank Nazar with that pick. I think that's a good pick. Doc yep. is not the guy. Like the Doc pick was a reach. Everybody knew it in 2019. Taking him number mm -hmm. three shouldn't have been the pick. Everybody knew that. He was pretty good. 
year one there. I thought his rookie season when he came up, he was pretty good. Injury at the World Juniors and just a disastrous season last year. So a new a new uh a new town for Doc with Montreal. We'll see if he how he fares there. I think that also makes sense as to why Montreal took Slavkowski at number one. You get a winger there with Nick Suzuki. I think the line of the eventual line of Slavkowski, Suzuki, and Caulfield could be really fun to watch. But the reason you bring in Kirby Doc is that you hope he could be your number two center. That's probably why I don't know if that's why they didn't take Shane Wright, but that's something to justify it is that you're getting Doc, who was the number three pick three years ago. So uh, we have we have something here real quick. Uh, at ZTwin78 in the chat says, watch Lambert go right before the Blues pick. That happens to like all my teams in every sport, so it's probably going to happen. <laughs> yeah, regardless if it's fantasy or not. I mean, let's be real. That's just going to always end up happening. But again, you can still end up getting a guy here like Pickering that is still very comparable, still very, very um, a gr- good option, I think, here for the Blues. Um, Frank Saravelli here did say, so if you're keeping score, it's Dabrinkit and Doc for 7, 13, 39, and 66 overall. A little underwhelming for both of them. Um, Makes it a little bit better, though, than the original yeah. uh, disaster that the Debrinka trade seemed like at first. But getting number 13 for Doc is very good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good here for them at this point. I'm interested to see here what Pittsburgh is doing as they get ready to be able to walk up here on the stage. But um, really fast. Um, Flurry returning to Minnesota. Yeah, Thoughts? uh, 3.5 mil, two years. I think that's good for Minnesota. I didn't really think the Blues thing was ever a possibility, although I thought, you know, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I feel like Pittsburgh is going to take either Messar or Yurov here. That just feels like a Pittsburgh pick, but I don't know. Uh, Z Twin also asked, What was our thoughts on Shane Wright falling to Seattle? Which I think is just a great pick for Seattle. I think he's really happy that he didn't go to Arizona at that, at that pick. Yeah, that would have been um, bad I'm, for the league. Yeah, I'm sure that he's sweating. Oh, look, here's the new six year man himself. Yeah, I think the Holy Pittsburgh cow. re-signing Latang was great and all. Not a bad number, but the term is very scary. But if you're trying to win now yeah. with Crosby, then you, yeah, I guess you got to do it. I mean, let's face it. You know, Chris Latang is the future um, trade selection here by – oh, there goes You just Pickering. keep mentioning these names. They keep getting picked. You mentioned uh, Miroshenko. You mentioned Pickering, and out they go. Don't mention Lambert. All right. Even though I just did it. Uh, so right. Pickering, holy eyebrows on this man. <laughs> um, His so yeah, father has the eyebrows the, of all eyebrows. The future of Beneers and Wright as your one and two center is pretty legit for Seattle. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely good. I think the future is looking bright here for them, uh, especially like up in Seattle. I don't. Do you think that it was his? Um, personality like his interviews that maybe caused him to drop a little bit I mean mm-hmm. he just seemed like he was really full of himself I mean there's confidence but then there's also just like where you got a way too big of a, of a head yeah I, I don't know I feel like it's probably more so Slavkowski overwhelming Montreal more than anything but the problem that I have with it is I think Slavkowski is going to be a good player but I also think Shane Wright's like a sure thing like, I think Shane Wright is a legitimate – he will be 100% a top six, probably first-line center for many years. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird to think that Shane Wright going number four. Just I think 
New Jersey made the right pick not taking him. I think Arizona made the yeah. right pick not taking him. So it makes sense that if Montreal wasn't going to take him, that Seattle would. But it's really something. It really is. Yeah. Um, it's surprising. And next year's draft is something that I think a lot of teams need to prepare for as well because next year's draft is much better at the top than this one. Like there is yeah. three or four of those guys. You look at Bedard, Mitchkov, Fantilli. There's some legitimate players in next year's draft. That's why teams like Arizona, Chicago, Seattle, probably those teams need to be pretty much as bad as possible. Yeah. Well, and if you remember too, I mean, just a couple of years ago, this draft class was slated to be a huge generational class, huge. And it still may be a generational class that it's just one that scouts are just having a hard time grasping around simply just due to the COVID effect. Yep. You, you don't know. I mean, because you just, you have, so many different missed games, missed time, missed, you know, and and I think that's one of the reasons why so many scouts are just down on these guys. Um, but so I, I, who knows, who knows here at this point, but um, I'm hoping that some of these guys here pan out because I've got a dynasty draft here that's going to be coming up that I have three first round selections in the top 16. So I'm hoping these guys kind of pan out a little bit. Yeah, That's just me at least. Yeah, you need them for sure. I hope yeah. Doug Armstrong knows that we're doing this so he doesn't trade out. And if he trades out, I hope it's not to like 32 so we got to be here all night. That would be – Oh, my gosh. Don't say that. Don't say that. So going back to Chicago real quick, here are the guys that they passed on to take Kirby Dock at number three. Now, I'm not going to mention some of them just because a couple of them we either don't know or they were never going to go there. Maureen Sider, who won the Calder last year, was never going to go number three. That was never going to happen. Philip yeah. Broberg, who went to Edmonton at eight, was never going to happen. But elsewhere, Bowen Byram went four. And we all knew mm-hmm. that Byram should have been the pick. Everybody said Chicago take Byram. And I was thinking deep down, don't take Byram. Don't take Turcott Because Turcott went five to L.A. I, and then the other one I'll just bring up, I, Dylan Cousins was probably never going to go three. I doubt it. He went seven to Buffalo. But Trevor Zegras, ninth to Anaheim. So, mm-hmm. The more you look at it and the more you see Stan Bowman's last few years were just just terrible there. Just yeah. terrible. Like the Seth Jones thing completely screwed the franchise. I'm, I'm, honestly surprised. I'm not going to complain about it. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised, though, that they have not tried. And, and you can't say that you don't know if they've tried to build a move out or not. But I'm surprised that they haven't tried to move him out here at this point or maybe even package him together with either Debrinket or Doc. And I mean, again, you, you never know if they actually tried to do it or not here at this point, but yeah, these are guys that needed to be able to get moved out. Nobody um, wants that Seth Jones contract. That contract might be the worst contract in the league in like three years because eight years, 9.5 for a guy who's probably never going to be like a top 10 defenseman in the league is mm-hmm. the dumbest thing ever, especially when you're in a rebuild. Like it, they, I, I really wonder if Patrick Kane goes this summer. I feel like that might be something that happens. If they're trying to be as bad as possible, then why not? Although I've always felt that Taves is more likely to go now uh, over Kane. But um, real quick here, I got Kevin Weeks just tweeted, keep an eye on. I'm told several clubs are expressing interest in Canadians veteran goalie Jake Allen, among some interested clubs, Washington, Edmonton, New Jersey, and more. It would be absolutely hilarious if the Blues had any interest in that. They don't, but it would be hilarious if they did. I don't see them doing that. I mean, yeah. The same one with with Montreal, yeah. Is Is it the same one the Blues gave them, or is it a new one? No, it's a new one. How much is it, I wonder? Because if it's not that much, I don't hate it. 
He was, oh boy. Cat friendly, you did all kinds of stuff here. Also, Darren Drager just said that uh, Arizona and Edmonton, since we are, we're, we're not just a blues podcast, we do talk about the league, so I, I will bring this up. Arizona and Edmonton are close on a deal for Edmonton to create more cap space by moving Zach Cassian to Arizona, which is going to be something that we see all over the league this summer with teams like Arizona and Chicago. Yeah. We saw it with Arizona well, and, last year. And again, back to my previous point here about Chris Letang. I mean, let's face it, he's going to be a future yep. Arizona Coyote on the long-term IR. I mean, like, let's just be real. All right, Anaheim's about to pick here, 22. So the pick before the Blues, I think they're going to snipe Lambert from us. I just have that feeling. Even though it's not like Lambert's my number one guy right now exactly because I still want to see Yager Furcus. But do the Blues go back to the WHL well for the second time in three years? I don't know. Uh, Jake Allen still has one year left here on his contract at $2.875 million. So – if things get, For, if you get to August and you don't have anybody, do you consider it? And if if he's still in Montreal, if know. you got the cap space, I don't know. I don't think it'd be a bad option. Nathan Gauthier. Okay, so you've got you got options. Yager, you've got Yager, Furcus, and you've got Brad Lambert here at this those, point. Those are the guys that I would want, but I also think defenseman is very possible. Now, if we look at the defensemen that they could take, um, I think number one on that list is probably one of the U.S. guys, whether it's uh, Ryan Chesley or um, Seamus Casey or Lane Hudson. I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to take Lane Hudson. He's five foot seven. I know he's got tons of offensive skill, but I don't think they're going to start off this offseason by drafting a five foot seven defenseman in the first round. I don't see that happening. They can't. They have enough undersized defensemen, and they need somebody big with size especially if they're going to go towards um here on the defensive side here of things i think see and people are already saying ryan chelsea should be the pick so is it chelsea or chesley i don't know i get i get i think i mix up letters i don't even know i don't know we'll be able to see here shortly well they still got time to trade it so we'll see if they do it seems like a very armstrong thing to trade it but who knows? Um, weird. Is it kind of weird how Doug Armstrong didn't even finish in the top 10 or top 11 for general manager of the year? That seems kind of weird to me. Like the way that he retooled the roster that quickly. Kuchnevich, Saad, those moves. Yeah. Well, what did David Poyle do for Nashville? I mean, come on. You know, like why is he ahead of him? I mean, really nothing here at this point. I mean, and I think it could just be a biased opinion. And Kevin and Adams that just made I mean, me a little sour about it. Kevin Adams for Buffalo, they were terrible. Why would he even be considered? This Gaucher, just, just by looking at him, he looks like he's going to be good. That's a team. Anaheim's a team that's like low-key, as the kids say, I guess. They've drafted very well <laughs> recently. McTavish, Zegris. Drysdale uh-huh. really well. That's a big yeah. center, too. 6'3, 207. All right, you're going to have yeah. options here. Who are, you, who are you wanting them to build a pick? It's hard to narrow it down to one. I think there's, I think we knew there would be a ton of options there, but I didn't know there'd be this mm-hmm. many of the options that we liked. I mean, more so, I guess the guys that I picked overall, I, I think a few years were taken. But uh, 
who's the center? Uh, Philip Messar or whatever. He's there. He's one of yeah, your guys. I really like him. I really like him. Just seeing who I have to write about tonight, I think, is the big the big thing. Here. <laughs> Last two years, it's been forwards. I think defenseman might be on the horizon. That's just the feeling that I get. Uh, do you think the Blues will trade Vladimir Tarasenko before July 20th? If he is, in fact, going to be traded, I think it's going to be before then. I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. It's, Again, it's, that's, that's sure seems if like Carolina's he's going to be traded. Team. Sure seems like Carolina's the team. I think they might have been the team tonight had they had a first-round pick. Yeah, and the Blues could not afford once again to have either no first-round draft pick or second-round draft pick. You know, it's been, what, the last four years? Now they've had one, one of either first or second round draft picks and not both draft picks. Yeah. So it's. So Jeremy Rutherford just says the blues have the hat and sweater ready, but aren't walking to the stage yet. So I don't know what that means. Uh, My number one, if it's a forward, it's Brad Lambert. If, and also keep an eye out for uh, Danila Yurov. And if it's a defenseman, I've always had this thing for Seamus Casey just because, like, I know he's not very big. He's like 5'10", mm-hmm. but he's also really good defensively. So I'm going to say Seamus Casey, if it's a defenseman, if it's a forward, Brad Lambert would be who I want, but Danila Yurov would not be the worst pick if they take it because they could they could trade any second now. We don't even know. Yeah. So I just, I just I think... picked number one on the board, number two on the board, number four on the board. So really going off the board here. Really, blues are really heading, blues heading to the stage. All right, they're making the, the stage. Here we go. All right, future of the franchise. Not really. He won't be here. For <laughs> 2017. Robert Thomas, 241 games, and of course, our boy Clem Cawson at 46. They've made use of all of those picks there, mm-hmm. except for Costin. To this point, I mean, Thomas is good. Bull Duke and neighbors project to be good. They got Bach traded for Falk, which the Falk thing was disastrous out. year one, but it's fine now. I think he's their best defenseman. I don't really think it's close. Yeah. But all right, they're making the picks, so we're going to see. Um, I feel they're like Doug never, never does what I think he should do, but he's way better at his job than I would be at his job, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um uh, Did they take a U.S. player? I don't know. Maybe take a U.S. I was player. promised the Blues would not trade back. I was lied to huh. from our guy, Stephen Ground. Where's Doug Armstrong? Please don't reach for a D-man. Where's Peter Shirelli? <laughs> Do you think they could go Yuri Kulich? Maybe. I that feel like they're... He was one of my guys. They did take a center last year. I don't think that matters that much, but they do have Thomas and O'Reilly down the middle for a while. Uh huh. Blues project, Blues select Jimmy Snuggard. All right. So they go with the U.S. player, as I just said. So they go with a winger. They go with Jimmy Snuggerud, Snuggerud, Snuggerud. Why did they have to do a harder name? Snuggerud. It's really interesting with the Lambert thing. I don't I don't think the Blues are the type of team that was going to take that shot in the dark. I'm happy to see an American-born player drafted for the Blues. I like that. Um, not a player that I know a ton about, 
but I know that he reminded me anything I've read. He reminded me the first thing I thought about with him was like a Washington Capitals type winger. So I wouldn't have been surprised if they took him. Um, but we have some more Central Division news, and it's a trade this time. What you got? Uh, oh, interesting. Leafs are trading Peter Mrazek to the Blackhawks. Believe it involves number twenty-five and Mrazek for number thirty-eight. Holy cow! So the Blackhawks aren't really messing around too much, I would say. So I think a lot of Blues fans are probably thinking we probably should have just they probably should have taken. Um, Lambert. Brad Lambert, but I, I think we got to realize that the Blues are not the type of team that's going to take that big shot on a guy who's falling that much. You know, and it's mm-hmm. not like he's falling that much. I think people kind of had him pegged at thirteen if the Islanders kept their pick, but um, it seems like a team more like towards the end of the first round, like Tampa at thirty-one. If Lambert's still there, I think Tampa would take him. So I don't know. I feel like it's interesting. Uh, let's just, I guess we could do a little bit of, um, you know, deep diving on uh, Snuggerud's stats and maybe figure out how to pronounce his name at some point. I think you're having more of an issue here than what I am. It's, it's really get, it's getting me. I'm very Snuggerud. Snuggerud. Do you think that's it? Is that it? Did they yeah. say that? Okay. Yeah. Snuggerud. Nailed it. We're back. Okay. Uh, Hockey DB already hasn't updated, so Minneapolis-born, so the Wild might have taken him at 24, you never know. His father, Dave, was a forward with three teams from 89 to 93, so he's got that going. Uh, 26 points in 26 games with the U.S. National Development Team this season. I don't even know why I'm looking at Hockey DB. They don't give as much information as elite prospects. But, um, yeah, let me see if I can find the Hockey Writers profile on him as well. I'm trying not to find – some information here on him. On McKean's. If anybody, that I we have no affiliation here whatsoever with McKean's hockey, but these guys are absolutely fantastic. Here with their okay, uh, their insight. The two G one C podcast count. I'm pretty sure Stevens by the one tweeting this, but this is a good point, and this is something that Blues fans should think about right now. If you can't trust the Blues amateur scouting by now, who can you trust? Only one first-round bust in Armstrong's tenure, and it was Jordan Schmaltz, who at least made the NHL. So, I think you got to trust them. I mean, they've made they've drafted very well for a mm-hmm. lot of years now. No, I know Bill Armstrong was a big part of that, and he's not here anymore. But yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, it says Jimmy Snuggerud, a.k.a. James Snuggerud. So I don't know if we're supposed to – I'm assuming we're going to call him Jimmy, but keep in mind – I'm sure we're going to call him Jimmy. All right, so let's see. So McKean's Hockey, one of the most underrated players here in the U.S. development program. Snuggerud is a terrific complimentary piece here on a scoring line. His progression from last year to this year has been extremely impressive, pointing to a strong work ethic and willingness to accept instruction slash feedback. He's a well-rounded player. He is most known for his ability to score high-end shot. However, his creativity and transition and overall playmaking touch are underrated. He also combines good instincts with a high work rate. Um, let's see. He's one of the top players, one of the most improved players at, at the program. 
He struggled to build speed with short, choppy, and inefficient strides. As a result, he was more of a trailer than a leader offensively. Additionally, his lack of strength and balance prevented him from taking greater advantage of a shot as he struggled to play throughout contact and adjust to passes not directly on his blade. He still builds quick. Um, he still builds speed quickly through longer, more powerful strides. Uses his linear quickness to drive wide with the puck to be extremely um, active forechecker. He will need to continue to improve his power of his few strides to truly give himself NHL caliber uh, separation. So I have some I have some good news about him, which would be that the athletic scouting report on him says that. You can build a power play around him with his one-timer. So that's good. It seems like whoever the future second-line center is, it seems like he'd be a perfect uh, winger on that line. Like I kind of envision uh, a Jake Neighbors, Zachary Bolduc, Jimmy Snuggerud line eventually. I mean, it could happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, you know, from everything that I'm just kind of scanning here really fast is that he has the ability – to just blend well with his puck control, and he has a good chance to become a very, very good, complementary, solid middle six forward here in the NHL. So, you know, he's still probably a couple years away here at this point, which, you know, doesn't surprise me. Um, The Blues don't necessarily need him to be here up just right away. Um, It's just, I don't know. I was somewhat hoping that they're going to go with the defenseman. They need it. You know, I think that they need more help on the back end here than what they do as um, here in their forward selections, but that's just me. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, so one thing I will say is that Bob McKenzie had him 17th on his final okay. rankings. So that's good. Okay. To give you a reference point uh, – he did have Rutger McGrory 27th, so not a big fan of him. Uh, <laughs> and he had Brad Lambert 16th, so it's one spot off. Yeah. Um, he also did have Slavkovsky out of right, which is interesting. Well, I mean, again, he went fourth overall, so I don't know. We will have to be able to see what happens here. With the Blues, I mean, again, they've still got plenty of different options here in the second round. Well, they actually don't have a second-round pick. Third round. Third round pick. There's always a trade that they could make to get into the second round, but I don't think I see that happening unless it's somebody they really like. Could you be able to fetch a second-round pick, even a late second-round pick, for Ivan Barbashev? You know what would be hilarious? If they traded Barbashev, got a second-round pick, and then took Barbashev's brother with that pick. Oh man! Both he and Kyra's brother are available for for draft. So I, I, I would think love they're going to take have, one of them. I think they're. Gonna I have take a I have a good feeling that they're going to, and I actually hope that they're going to be able to take at least one of them. I mean, I I don't see how you don't. I mean, obviously, if the pick's not there, the pick's not there. But you know, you can only kind of do so much. So uh, Minnesota just took Danila Yurov, who I did mention a little bit there <clears throat> as a possibility for the Blues. Um, and also we have a good thing about Jimmy Snugger is that he only has 508 followers on Twitter. So he's focused in that regard, doesn't need the Twitter following and his Twitter bio just says hockey. So Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I guess we'll see what Chicago does real quick here and then wrap it up. They have the 25th pick now. So 
We'll see what they do. This is their third pick. Do they have another one after this? I don't think they do in the first. What's hilarious to me is that they got more for Brandon Hagel than Alex Dabrinkin. That's really something. I know the pick won't be as good as seven with Tampa, but still, that is two first-round picks for Brandon Hagel. Man. I'm really liking the number of U.S.-born players that are being selected. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of 2019, except 2019 was a little bit more high-end with Jack Hughes and Zegers and Turcotte and Boldy. A little bit more of the high-end guys, but you look, I mean, Cooley at three, Gauthier at five. You had uh, Nazar at 13, McGrordy at 14, and then uh, Snuggerud at 23. And you still got more with all the defensemen, Casey and Hudson. Um, so defensemen out there as well from the U.S. So Morazic. You got to be able to feel – you got to really feel for Peter Morazic. Man. I mean, he I, just keeps going from, from worse situation to worse situation. Yeah. Toronto. And somehow like he's, they're not going to like you there. Yeah. And somehow like he's still picking up all kinds of things. McGuire thinks that they're freeing up money for Huso, which makes a ton of sense. Literally just read that right when you said it. <laughs> yeah. Makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I think, I think Huso is going to end up in Canada. I think it's a safe bet. Edmonton is going to get Jack Campbell. Toronto's going to get Billy Huso. You heard it here first. Oh, boy. That would just be poetic, just justice. And I'm all for the chaos. All for it. So there's only, well, there's two more picks here for Central Division teams 30 and 32 here at this point. After Chicago, right? Yeah. So the Blackhawks are picking up the full contract, which I think had to be a big part of this from Morazic. So that throws you at $3.8 million for the next two seasons, modified no trade. Interesting is a modified no trade, you must not put Chicago on that list. I wonder how many teams, a 10-team no trade list didn't put Chicago. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if all those guys, no matter what state the team is in, just like if they're in original six, I want to play for them. I don't know. I feel like players think about that. Lambert might go to Chicago, which would disappoint me a little bit because I do. I'd rather see him go to like Montreal. Do you? So I'm looking here at a couple of different comparisons, and they're saying Jimmy Snuggerud equals Jake Neighbors. So why do the Blues pick another version of Jake Neighbors? Hmm. Um. I think there's a bit of a difference. I think Neighbors is more of like a more of a power forward, I think. Um, I think there's a bit of a difference in that Snuggerud's got a better shot, but Neighbors is like a better – like Snuggerud's more like a Jordan Cairo, not with the speed, but like the shot. And yeah. and Neighbors is more like a Braden Shin. That's kind of – we're going to compare him to players in the team now. By the way, the Blackhawks just took somebody I've never heard of. Frank Nazar, oh my gosh. So the hell is Sam Renzel? (laughs) I mean, did I just read that correctly? Let's see. So (laughs) Sam Renzel, who the hell is that? 
They could have taken Luca Del Bell Baloos, dude. Wow. Kyle Davidson looks younger than me. That dude's there. I wonder what he was on Bob McKenzie's rankings. Blackhawks take two defensemen. That's another no, U.S. Picked, player. So the the um, the Hawks picked Frank Nazar at thirteen. Defenseman Korchinski at seven, and now Sam Rinzel at twenty five. Twenty five. High school player. Interesting. That is something. Six four. He's probably that is. Man, that is. Every single comment I saw, which doesn't matter, it's Twitter, but every single comment I saw said, uh, who? <laughs> <laughs> um, there Six is a hockey four. writer's profile on him. Go Bob McKenzie had him 47th. Oh, man. That's probably a reach here for them. Well, here's the thing. They're a team that has a ton of time to develop players. So if anybody's going to yeah. reach for a guy like this, it's going to be them. Uh, he's the yeah. number one high school prospect. I think it's cool. You got a U.S. high school player getting drafted in the first round. I think that's pretty cool. Um, we'll see how it works out. I, I, I hope it does, and I hope the Blackhawks are terrible. I hope he's good, but they're terrible. That's that's what I'll say about that. Boy. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the Blues are going to do, if they're going to do anything here tomorrow, like during the second round. Do you think they're going to do anything? Uh, I think tomorrow's going to be a quiet day for them um, in terms of the second round, the beginning of the day at least, by the first two out, three hours, because they'll drag out the second round as long as they can, drag yeah. out the third round, and then four through seven, they're just going to fly, would be my assumption on how they're going to do it. Um, but that's usually how it is, I suppose. So, yeah, I don't know. I think – I think the Sarasenko thing is going to come to a head at some point. I think Carolina is the team that I'd look at right now is probably getting him, if I had to guess. I don't know what the return is going to be because I'd like to think the Blues want a player back um, and maybe yeah. a pick for next year. So I don't really know who on Carolina's roster is worth it because I originally said give me Seth Jarvis. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's probably in their plans. Uh, maybe I, what's Brady Shea's contract look like? I mean – if you want to fix the defensive problem, I, I, I don't know if that that's probably not your answer, but uh, he's got 5.25 left for two seasons. Yeah, I don't love that. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I think Tarasenko thing's going to come to a head. I don't think it happens tomorrow. Um, I think they'll probably just make their picks, head down, make your picks. I think there'll be a guy in the third round that'll fall to them that you kind of view as – maybe a steal uh, like Robertson was viewed last year in the third round. So I think that's mm-hmm. an option. And then I think, uh, what do they got? Four five and six, nothing in the seventh. So there'll be guys there. I mean, there's always guys there, but I, well, yeah. and there's, there's still going to be plenty of those guys that we're going to be looking at. It happens every single year. They're going to be looking at them in the forties, fifties, sixties and saying, how in the world did this guy fall Yep, that far? And I think this draft class, again, especially due to all of the COVID, that you just you're gonna have no idea what happened. I mean, and and these guys are just gonna be all over the board. And Shane Wright ultimately could have been the best option. We don't know. Don't know. Yeah. So we'll see. 
All right. We'll see what happens. Uh, I guess we'll wrap this thing up. I think we'll be doing a, an episode on Sunday. Um, probably upload Monday because that free agency starts on the 13th, which is next Wednesday. We'll preview that. We'll cover mm-hmm. the rest of the draft in that episode and what the Blues did after the first round pick. We'll probably touch on the first round pick a little bit more as well. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk about free agency, preview that, talk about possible trades with Tarasenko and Krug and whatever could happen with the Blues. So you can uh, check that out at TBN Pod on Twitter. You can follow us. That's where you're watching it right now. You can follow me on Twitter at Ethan Carter SW. You can follow Mike on Twitter at, at Danger Powers 19. And we will see everybody. Uh, on Sunday, I guess it's going to be uploaded Monday for the next episode, which should be a good one because there's going to be a lot to talk about. There's going to be a lot to preview, a lot of different things going on around the Central. I'm sure we'll touch on that. Since I'm uploading this is episode 14, the free agency episode Sunday will be episode 15, and uh, we'll see you then for that. Believe Network, Blue Note Podcast, we'll see you for episode 15. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.